And go. You're good. I forgot that you have the same phone that I do. I don't know why I forgot that. Maybe it's because we don't have the same case. It just throws me off. Yeah. So I automatically. And we've had different phones for so long. But we've had this same phone for like a year now. Yeah. Maybe not a year, but it's been a while. Is your screen broken yet? Yeah, it has been. I thought that was just the screen protector. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe it is just a screen protector. Mine's shattered. Sorry. Maybe you shouldn't. I can't really use my stylus. I mean, I can a little. Maybe you shouldn't break your phone. I didn't purposely. Well, you should have done better. Like me. Yeah. Anyway. You did that, not me. I was ready to go, and then you got distracted by my phone. I think. Uh, Great start. I've, I've got a couple. Elephant. Actually, I've got a few messages saying that people enjoy the witty banner. Like, this is our. <laughs> That's what it is. This is our real life. This is just us having this conversation. Is, yeah. It's we witty banter. Do this in this. Yeah, we do this. This in is what happens when you've been best friends for 20 years. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. What? I forgot to tell you about that. Mm. Um, so one of our dearest sisters okay. <laughs> was talking about that what? to me in a message. And uh, she was like, I'm just glad that. Uh, or she goes, yeah, I'm glad that my me and my spouse, he doesn't do that to me. Because she goes, she thought it was funny, but she's like, I'm glad he did. doesn't do it to me because I wouldn't mind punch him. <laughs> do what? Mind punch him. I know, him. but do what? What was What that? I, like, I was, I was giving you a hard time for, like, being oh, mean yeah. and stuff oh, on the gotcha, Bible gotcha, study. Gotcha. Yeah, when you called me mean the other day. <laughs> I wouldn't mind punch. Mind punch. Oh, my gosh. I, I cried laughing so yeah, hard for that one. Oh, yeah, man. you're a funny guy, aren't you? <sighs> I didn't say it. It was her. It was hilarious. I, yeah, but you think you're funny. You did. The person who I'm talking about really make me fall out of my chair with that. <laughs> the person who I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, this is going to be another Pink Elephant podcast, but it's going to be a little bit, um, probably a little bit more serious. Um, one even though yeah, we didn't like the start last it one out. was kind of giggle. Yeah, we were kind of like giggling. This one's a little bit more serious, but it's still one of those things. Like, well, wait a minute. So we'll 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 put our little humor on it first. We're actually gonna do technically two of them, um, because as I was pulling up this one and studying for uh, this pink elephant, I realized that. Oh man, I need to tell. There's the chapter above it, um, with a few verses there that I need to include in the chapter that we're doing here, and in those couple verses above, you could the do chapter, two separate pink elephants. If you think you can fit them both in one, I can fit them both in this one. Okay, maybe we'll yeah, see. All right. What do I know? Um. Anyway, in going up above, I was like, okay, well that goes along in with. The next thing that we're doing. Yep. But that was like a first pink elephant that I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yep. Oh, there's two of them here. So we're going to have to. Yeah. Two and one. I think with the with the subject matter, considering that I'm going to go back and forth so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Like, so everybody uh, pull out your Bibles and we're going to go to Genesis five. We're going to be focusing more on um, chapter the beginning of chapter six. But go down to um, Genesis five twenty one, and we're gonna do that. And then we're gonna do six. We're gonna do the the two pink elephants here. So the first one is going to be uh, Genesis five verse twenty four. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Because we're reading above in the chapter. This is the. Uh, the genealogy for the generations of from Adam. Yep. So we're going and looking at all the kids that Adam had and Adam's kids had and going through the whole list here. I mean, you can see Enosh lived 90 years. He fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan, 18, uh, 815 years. And so we just keep going on and on and on until we get to the seventh generation from Adam, which yep. it, just hang on to that one. Um, but the seventh generation of people from Adam was Enoch. 
and we're going through and, and reading this genealogy, and it says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So there's another pink elephant. You're like, wait a minute, what? He walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years. Wait, so when he had lived, when he was 65 years old, he fathered Methuselah. And then after he fathered Methuselah, in between this 300-year period of time, he walked with God. Now, a lot of, there, there's two different views on this, and one doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and the other one is this. Um, some say that Enoch walking with God represents a close relationship with God. In the seventh generation. Like I'm walking with Like Christ. I'm walking with God how we walk with sure. God. Which I don't there yeah, you can you can have that view. I recognize it. I recognize that that's that's in an orthodox viewpoint, but it makes zero sense to me. So walking with God literally Enoch well I don't, I don't want to get a, a, too far ahead of myself as we get into the next chapter. I'll explain a little bit more. But when we say walked with God, Enoch had a obviously a very, very special relationship with God, being that he was the only, the second person in the Bible to never die. That would be Enoch and Elijah. And they were both taken up to heaven. Elijah was taken up in a chariot and... All of a sudden, Enoch was gone. So those are two very interesting little pink elephant discoveries that you're going, wait a minute, what? I've never heard this. Yeah. So you're telling me he literally just like poof gone. Poof gone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. And he had some kind of uh, relationship for some reason Great relationship with enough God. Enough to be noted, right? Enough so you don't to have be anything noted. noted with any of these other guys, but this is enough to be noted, which yeah. makes you think that, like, uh, he just believed in God and he did good things. Like, okay. Now, I want to tell you two different things. The, the first thing is this the, the next couple things that we're going to be talking about here brings out the worst in Christians, okay? It can bring out these tinfoil hat lunatics that take this. So far that, uh, like you can't like Rob Skiba and his, all his madness, like those guys are just they're crazy with it. I'm I'm not there, but I'm right in the middle of it. I'm not. I don't discount any of it because this is where the Bible gets super, super, super fascinating. And when you dig into this more, it's just you you know you it locks unlock so many different things for you in scripture of understanding of the way that evil works in our world. Yep. And it'll just, it's like a light bulb that'll go off once you get it. But I had to caution you to be careful. Um, we, we don't want to go off into these crazy, just, uh, you know, uh, views that people have, have, um, you know, created themselves that have no legitimate, you know, bearing. And whenever we talk about something like this, right? Because, I mean, I guess a guy dying and being raised from the dead isn't crazy enough for most people. Right. But when we talk about things like angels and demons and angels coming and having sex with human beings, and yes, that's that's what our next pink elephant's going to be. We're going to go over that. Um, you know, we, we have to acknowledge that we sound a little bit crazy. You're already talking about some pretty. Yeah. We, I mean, I believe it with all my heart, but we have to acknowledge that we're talking about something crazy. But so many want to strip all of the supernatural right, stuff out. out of it. And the supernatural stuff is more real than the physical stuff we see around <clears> us. And we have to realize that when we come at these things. It is. Yeah. Very true. And, uh, you know, like I said, you just have to caution yourself. You don't want to take yourself outside of scripture at all 
but there's a the one but in it and this is something that they teach you in seminary this is something that most bible teachers will acknowledge regardless of how you feel about it we know that there's a certain group of writings that we pretty much take to be scripture but they're not for various small reasons but even the christian church recognizes these books is is accurate historical and worth you know and, and they have value in them to read them enoch the first book of enoch is one of those books and doing and explains a lot of this and and as i go through the next chapter in six the first couple of verses in six i'll uh go over i know people have been asking me about the book of enoch too so i'll go over a little bit of that too but um you know and, and he kind of explains it now that's the first book of enoch and that's that book itself has been historically and i just was researching more into it today but historically was recognized even by uh, our early church father Irenaeus, who Irenaeus was actually one of the first apologists. He wrote against heresies in mid first century. Um, he, well, it was around like what I guess they think 150 AD, somewhere around there, that he wrote that. And he was a direct apostle from Polycarp, which Polycarp was a direct apostle of John, who. John the Apostle. Yeah. So this is this pretty is pretty legit. This is legit history and, and information. And he, Irenaeus, considered the the first book of Enoch to be scriptural. And that's just fascinating and that's huge. Um, because it's something that our early church fathers and the early in Jews themselves also acknowledged they all acknowledge the writings of enoch and the writings of enoch go back hundreds of years before christ this is something that was actually looks like it was kept over because there's no hebrew copies of it that exist it's all in the, the the ones that they found especially in the dead sea scrolls are the oldest ones are aramaic which usually that indicates something that was copied while they were in Babylonian exile. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of things like that that can that can get way wonky and way far off. They did that with the second book of Enoch and the third book of Enoch because in those they, they go nuts. Like I I don't know who did those, but those are just cuckoo. I mean, they don't really line up. And there's even some parts of the or, or the, the last couple chapters of the first book of Enoch that were, that were known to be added later, but it was still before even Christ um, was on earth. And, and the, the last couple chapters are not something that would completely throw anything off of what we have already written in Scripture. Um in our button and so that being said we recognize that this was an actual you know a legitimate book uh that was that was enoch was traditionally known to be the writer but i mean everything these were obviously copied from oral tradition this is because i mean this is something that was you know we're talking about the seventh generation from from you know man here it's been a while we're not <laughs> we're not very far along um, but it just opens up so much. And the thing with the first book of Enoch is you can take the first book of Enoch and you can harmonize it with the Bible, with what we have in scripture. And usually if you can do that with something, you know, a historical work like that, then that's usually fairly safe to read and to get, um, information out of you want to be cautious. You know, like I said, you just, you can never be too cautious. And if you go read Enoch, and we'll go through a little bit of it, but if you go off, and I, I do suggest that you read it, but if you go and read Enoch, the, the first book of Enoch, and we'll post a link. I found a link to a website that um, has it down pretty good. If you decide to do it, just remember, just don't go off crazy on this. You know, you don't need to, there's enough 
interesting information at the surface that you don't need to go into these YouTube rabbit holes or you don't need to go into these crazy preachers that that do the stuff like, you know, that I definitely warn you against that because that gets Are you crazy. going to share how we know that and how we know so many things about this? Yes, we are. Okay. Heidi. Just asking. Why don't you go ahead and just tell your story about that? Okay, so some of you might know this because Brandon has a name that he affectionately refers to me, and it is Tinfoil Hat Heidi. Because if there is somebody who loves conspiracy theories and these crazy cuckoo things that he's talking about, it is me. I love these things. Like, I'm secretly hoping all these people signing the petition do go and, like, swarm on Area 51. <laughs> that is the type of, yes, that's the type of person that okay. I is. I love these things. I just, I, I don't, it's not that I believe all of them, but I just. But am, she will go down these rabbit holes. Oh, and I've had to, days, I've guys. had to rein her in <laughs> and tell her, no, like, you cannot. I love them. So, honestly, for us. It was when I was reading through scripture and I read through the whole new, when I wanted to read the Bible for myself, I'd read through the whole New Testament. Then I was reading through the Old Testament and these things just kept standing out to me where I'm like, what? Like, how do you just say these things and then not go deeper into them? So then I started researching deeper into them and then you started reading Enoch. Like, this was our first thing that really grabbed our attention. This is why we were, and we said, you know, obviously we pray before all these, but we, I said a prayer too. I was just like, God, this has come back around for circle because this is where we this is where i first started this is what got interest sparked this is and what, this is when what, i was reading this and we started talking about this this is what i like sharing with you this is what hooked you oh got hook you line and like, sinker wait yeah. what and i went off on a couple rabbit holes that i won't recommend yeah but uh when I went into it and I was I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. fascinating. I'm like, this makes so much of scripture and everything makes sense. It was like it, it's, to the world. This all sounds like crazy stuff. Right. Once you understand this, right. and like reading Enoch and stuff, then you're like, oh, I get it. And so we know because we've been down these rabbit holes, I will still willing jump willingly jump into them from time to time because I enjoy this yeah. so much until Brandon yells at me. But I do want to recommend if this is something that talking about this is making you like, what? Oh my gosh. The show Prophecy Watchers, they uh -huh. are a reliable source. I yeah. mean, they've got really yeah. good stuff on Pretty Sound, Gary Stearman yeah. and his group. So if you're looking and you want to know more, I would recommend you just go to Prophecy Watchers YouTube or mm -hmm. their site and look at Sometimes their... Sometimes they have a couple of their Sometimes people Sometimes things that can get a little wonky, but, but for the most part, stuff is much more vetted and it's, biblically It's safe. Yeah, yeah, I would say it was safe. So if you wanna, they're not going to lead you anywhere wrong. Yeah, so instead of just like YouTube search, these things and getting Lord knows what's out there. I would go directly to Prophecy Watchers, Gary Stearman's show, and look it up on there. So at least you're getting people that have been like. And you vetted. have to understand too. This is something. This is another one of those issues, like everything that's hotly debated. And there's geniuses everywhere about it. And there's so many that are saying no, oh, that's not the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then there's too many saying yes, this is absolutely the way that it is, hundred percent. And then they make these crazy timelines and tables and dates and um, then it gets crazy. So that's where you always have to stay right in the middle. You know, you I mean, you just when when you look at these type of issues, mm -hmm. you have to look at them just straight down the middle. You can't go crazy on each side of them. Um, but even going down in the middle on this, you start to see where this makes a whole lot of sense. So. And before you do any of this, you know, again, I, I advise you to pray for discernment, pray for Always. protection. Whenever you're dealing with anything, um, any part of the spiritual world or anything, I, I mean, anytime you are reading scripture, period, you should. But especially when we're talking about things like this, you want to be you want to pray for discernment that you don't get led down some crazy path mm -hmm. and, and some, you know, crazy thing like that. So. With all of that, and part of that understanding that there's many different views on it, um, the Hebrew word for actually in the, the Enoch walked with God was the Hebrew word there conveys a close relationship with God, um, which, would, which would kind of seemingly 
make the point to say that, okay, yeah, he was just a faithful person and he sure. just walked directly with God. So that's seemingly going to say that. But once you actually go and read Enoch and you read this in context and you figure out kind of what's going on here, you're like, oh, I get it. He, okay, yeah, no, he, this is a whole different, this is a whole different ballgame. And I don't even, I don't think that the wording here even in, in, in there, I mean, for he, for he, and he was not, for God took him. Yeah. I mean, that he took him. And then we have the reference of, you know, the prophecies of Enoch throughout the, uh, the New Testament that, that also kind of lock these understandings and these things in, I think. But where did I start off on that? I guess I want to get back to the scripture here. Just what the actual breakdown of walked with God. So he took him. Yeah, I was going to read it. Yeah, because in, yeah, in context. Yeah, okay. So explaining all of that. Um, I'll read it again. So it's Genesis 5, 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God, and he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's your pink elephant right there in 24. Wait, what? God took him where? Where did God take him? Well, he took him to heaven. (laughs) This is our first rapture. He was our our first harpazo, our first rapture. But going back to the point of Enoch walked with God during this time, Enoch explains that he has a bunch of visions and he is shown everything by God it, in in the book of Enoch Enoch is shown everything from the beginning to the very end so he's shown like I said Enoch prophesies of Christ's second coming and this is one thing that I there was really in the in in history there's Jews really had a problem with this because early Christians obviously applied everything to Christ after this, saying that everything in Enoch was fulfilled in Christ, and that was that just caused a huge, uh, huge, huge division. Um, they really freaked out. <laughs> yeah, it didn't did. go well. Yeah, they didn't. So, but getting back on track here with the Enoch walking with God, there's an interesting verse in Enoch in the first book of Enoch in chapter 12, verse one of it. It says before these things, Enoch was hidden and no one of the children of men knew where he was hidden and his abode and what had become of him. So everybody was like, ah, he's gone. I don't know where he went. He's been gone for a while. Yeah. Then he comes back. It's weird. Yeah. It's crazy. All of a sudden he's back in a field. Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden he comes back in a field. So literally God was taking Enoch to heaven and showing him these visions and showing him, uh, you know, the full story. But most importantly, uh, this focuses on um, the flood, the the flood and the reason up up to the flood is what the whole first part of Enoch kind of focuses on and it explains a lot. And that's what we'll go into for the next, uh, pink elephant. But that's a, that's an interesting little piece in the first book of Enoch. And like it's chapter 12 verse one that, you know, nobody knew where he was there. Like he, he was hidden. He literally and disappeared. Yeah. Not hidden. Like, you know, he was hiding under a rock or something like, no, he was gone. So, we have that, and then we'll actually, interesting enough, be coming again back to, to chapter 12 probably in, in Enoch and reading it in full in a second. But nobody knew where he was, so that fits along in here with Genesis 5.24 when it says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And then up above, remember, we... It said that Enoch walked with God and then fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. 
So when he was 65 years old, he had a kid, Methuselah. Interesting enough, the oldest person in the Bible. Yeah, it comes from this righteous man. Comes from man. this line, from this righteous man. Ends up being the oldest person in the Bible. Um, so he, he had Methuselah. And then after he fathered Methuselah at 65 years old, he walked with God for 300 years. So for 300 years, he was gone. But it appears in Enoch that he was kind of back and forth during this time. But during this 300 years, he had this full back and forth. Um, I know all this stuff sounds crazy, <laughs> yeah. but it's right here. I mean, it's right here in Scripture, like I said, and, and this is what's the cool part of it. Um, that, you know, people say the Bible isn't interesting and doesn't have things like I don't know why you would ever say that when we have things like this. this yeah. Is, I mean, this stuff's crazy. You occupied for a while. So, um, continuing on, when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. And when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son. And called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. All right, so I read the rest of that just to, because it just flows into uh, chapter six here, because um, going directly from Enoch down to Noah, which en the book of Enoch deals with a lot of the, well, like I said, the first whole part of it t talks about the time before the flood, right before the flood. And then talks about this next chapter for our next pink elephant that we're going into here. The next pink elephant here is going to be in Genesis 6. And we're going to go over chap uh, verses 1 through 4 on it. This stuff is crazy, guys. This is where we get crazy. If you weren't already like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you saying here? Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. All right, here we go. Verse 1 in chapter 6. When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Wait, what? Did it what now? Oh, it gets better. Hold Sweet. on. Yeah. <laughs> so the sons of God who there's two different interpretations for the sons of God. One is evil people, the sons of Cain, which if you believe that, okay, but that makes zero sense to me. The other interpretation is that these were angels, demons, fallen angels. And what backs up that point is Jude and Second Peter and First Peter and Revelation. Yeah. So there's there's scriptural way. backup for the the view of of this being fallen angels and and demons that we're talking about here, and not just some um, weak fulfillment in in man. No, this is this is far beyond that. All right. So the sons of God saw that daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not ab abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. That verse right there, there's two views on that one. It's not sure whether or not he's speaking that light, human life after this point won't exceed 120 years. Or if it's going to be 120 years to, until the flood. We don't know. There's, there's a couple different interpretations of it. So, 
I take the view that obviously this is this is probably a general statement that you're that most people will not live beyond 120 years. That and the fact that we don't have any other people living past 120, 120 years, years right? That. Exactly. Obviously, the people who are alive right then they don't just drop over dead because they're over 120. But right. that's where we get to it. Right. And then here we go. The Nephilim, verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Okay, I'll read that for you one more time. Verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the son of God the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So yes, it literally so, just said that angels... The Bible just said <laughs> that the angels had sex with human women because they thought they were hot and bore to them children. And these children were mighty men who were of old and the men of renown. Hercules. Her All the stories of Zeus. giants. These that... are where your Greek. You know, these gods that this is why the Bible says there's many gods. Because they there are. And they are they're nothing. They have one power. Each one of them, just like the way that they worship them in the Greek, Roman. Which Babylonian, Enoch breaks down. Which Enoch breaks down. They have one thing that they could do, and these these were the ones. These are the original Greek. These are original Greek gods, and your Roman gods, and these are all your your famous little cliche gods. All of them Egyptian were real. Gods. All of them were real, and they were demons. That's it. it I mean, in this this study, will take you. Very, very, it's very interesting because you start going into each individual one and you're like, yep, yep, yep. You study each individual one of these gods and you trace them right back to to here, to Genesis 6, 4. That's why this is, it, it. everything always ends up coming back to here when you're talking about them. But the Nephilim, what are they? Those are the result of these angels who are now fallen angels demons who had interactions with human women so yes these angels had regular reproductive organs and interacted with human women yeah that's what the bible says and created these giant demon creatures and these were giants, okay? These weren't like nine feet tall Goliath giants. These were like 30 foot tall, like people eating giants. Yep. The evil that was increasing in the world, there, everybody in the world would have been destroyed if it wouldn't have been for these because these, these, these freaking things were running around eating people. Does this killing not also people. explain why a flood, a worldwide uh, flood, yeah. would be necessary? Would be right, because you think worldwide. if it was just people were evil, God could have some earthquake that would level everyone right. or something like that, a major right. fire on a whole continent or something. No, it was a flood. Well, so much so that he had re he had regretted the fact that he had, he had made yeah. man. So much so, that's how large it was. So... These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. These are the ones that you know, these gods that you know and that you hear of and that people worship. They're real. But you know what? Enoch makes it even more interesting when he gives you just more details of these periods. Um, the end of it here, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in earth and in every intention of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Um, just so I don't sound completely crazy <laughs> with telling you that these are demon angel that, you know, that, and just not my opinion, we can 
back everything up with scripture, okay? So we'll go to Jude. Obviously, Jude's only one chapter, so it's Jude 1, 6. And the angels who did not withstay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Okay, and then we go to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment... Okay, these angels that Peter and Jude and everything were talking about that sinned and left their place of authority because they were very, very powerful angels, they'll what you learn in Enoch, in the first chapter of Enoch, called watcher angels. Okay, God had, God actually shows an order of how these things work a little bit, or Enoch shows a little bit of a, a, a order on how these things work in the in the spiritual world and and how god had sent groups of his watcher angels to earth to basically he didn't want all the information given to humans at once it was a progressive you know he planted you know after the fall it was a it was a, a progressive step into man working into the knowledge of the of, of how to do these you know certain things and and how to just start uh building a civilization well these angels that that fell and and did this they came and taught this knowledge to humans on earth way before god's intended timing this was they came in and that's why Everybody on earth at the time was worshiping these things as gods. They thought that they were, you know, that they, they were gods because they could do these things, because they knew these things. I mean, we're talking about simple people at this time. I mean, it, we, you know, our, our education here really is, well, is remember, somewhat limited. Well, remember, if we look at it from how we understand, this is like cavemen days. This right. is before the the Iron and Bronze Age because the demons, like, they, they, these are skills that they taught that that's where this information came from and when you start to take this information that you gather from Enoch and you you say okay well does this hold up does this fit and you start to put it in you go oh my gosh that makes so much more sense that's yep. where it came from yep and the thing is, somebody asked me yesterday they were kind of confused in the um in the spiritual warfare one when I was talking about the the demons that were chained in the gloomy chains of darkness that we were just talking about in second peter and jude um they're like wait wait demons are controlled they're locked in prison and these ones these are the ones these, these are watchers. the ones the That's watcher angels one. these ones are the ones that uh, that originally the original sin because god destroyed the earth and destroyed everything in it so the spirit of these Nephil these demonic spirits of these Nephilim creatures that these these things had created these resulted in it's just these demonic spirits where we have the birth of what we know as our demons today. Um they are sons, technically, <laughs> I guess. Just demonic spirits that would be sons of the ones that are in prison, I guess, if you want to be kind of. Well, and when these Nephilim died, what happened to them, right? Right. Well, they They're, weren't human. They weren't human. So they, they didn't were... go through the process that humans go through when they die, but. They were human, so they're not spirits, so they were able to die. So these spirits that are just stuck wandering in this in between space. They're the Nephilim spirits. That's what these right. are. All of these demonic activities and things are not only all the angels that came with Satan when he fell, that he rallied against him that we have now in this world. The the main ones, they're chained up. They're the, they won't be let loose until yeah, the revelation. Yeah, the... But all of the other demonic spirits and these Nephilim spirits, these are the things well, that we have going and on. And you have to think that ever since the beginning of creation... 
Satan got mad to fall. He's been trying to destroy man. Completely destroy man. So what better way to destroy man than to get man not only to sin, but then to get these these giant demonic creatures that just wipe all man off of the face of the planet. You know, Satan wants to destroy God's creation in every single area that he gets. Why do you think abortion is is such a huge issue today? Guess what else was, you know, a lot of these these babies were being sacrificed to these gods, too, during this time. You know what I mean? This was, a lot of this is, you know, it, it all comes back to today. Um, I guess we can go to, I don't really want to read too much out of Enoch. I'm going to post the link in Enoch here. Um, but basically, it explains chapter 7 here in Enoch, 1 Enoch explains this period in detail a little bit more this period of the angels that had these these kids and so i'll go ahead and read in chapter seven of first enoch it says and this is in like kjv language it was translated way early so it's kjv i'll do my best and all the others together with them took unto themselves wives, and each one chose for himself one. And they began to go into them and to defile themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was 3,000 ellis, who consumed all the acquisitions of men and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish, and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. That is, that's explaining this whole time, that, but right before the flood. So literally these giants were murdering and eating people. It got so bad they started eating creation and then started feeding on themselves. That's that's crazy. Um, but if you notice, it says there that they taught them things. They taught them enchantments and charms and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with the plants. So they gave a bunch of information that wasn't intended for them yet. They gave to them. Um, but before, I guess I should have, because this line's up better. I should have read six before, but I'll go ahead and read chapter six. Because uh, this explains a lot more of, of what happened here with this pink elephant discovery that all of a sudden there's angels having sex with women. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied in those days were born unto them beautifully and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children. And Semjaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to, the, to do this deed. And I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us swear an oath and bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. They swear, <clears throat> they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all 200 who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by, mu by mutual imprecations upon it. And these are the names of their leaders. Samalajaz, their leader. Okay, I'm not going to read all their stupid names. And these are the chiefs of tents. But these were the main watcher angels. These are the main demons that took this pact on Mount Hermon to defile 
man to leave their position of authority and go and take for themselves wife on earth, wives on earth. So the Lord had these angels, it, it appears as it's, it's teachers. They were supposed to give these things, you know, to teach these things to the humans as God intended it. But then they completely left their position of authority, sinned against God, and then just gave everything to the humans, all this information to the humans of the working of all these things. Because what was the first thing that they taught men how to make these watcher angels? Swords and knives. Already we had the first murder in the Bible, but now we have ability to make mass murder because of these things. So I won't, I, like I said, I be, just because of the caution that I think that it, it requires to read all of this, I'm not going to really share anymore. I will go ahead and share the link to the Book of Enoch and along here with... Um, couple other little links here for uh, the Nephilim and things like that to, to kind of explain that a, a little bit more because it really is a fascinating thing go further and further and further into this honestly but why does all this matter now what what implications does this have now okay these things are serious because you know how we said that these are the Famous gods, Roman, Babylonian. Well, if you notice these, what were these gods of? Everything, entertainment, success, fertility. I mean, anything that you can name, there was a god for it. There was a very real god. So these things are, have infiltrated everything and you could this is how the entertainment industry is ran by demons the the insert industry here it's ran by demons it sounds crazy but once you start realizing that these were real things, real and pe- and real things that existed, that there's a real demonic spiritual world out there that's working completely against you, because its time is short, and they know, and they're very very upset that their time is short, and they will be let out on Earth again to wreak havoc. Everything that you see now is nothing. All the evil that we see in the world right now is restrained evil. You haven't seen anything yet. I mean, we have we have despair and disgust in 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 our you know, what we see now in front of us is just tragic. It's nothing. It is absolutely nothing. God is restraining so much of that. You have no idea. And not only in Satan is the leader of all of this. These are just his little band of, of misfits here that he's got control of, which they all answer to him. And all that's in, in, in Enoch, and you can read it in there yourself. Um, but like I said, it, it, uh, it affects almost everything that we do that we just realize that there's actually a true legitimate spiritual world that's working against us to pull us away from Christ everywhere that we look and everywhere that we see and it all boils down to not only Satan and the fault but right here <laughs> this is this is all where it 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 starts is right here in Genesis 6 and it once you get into uh just kind of looking into this a little bit, I think it'll help uh, make sense of a lot more scripture for you too when you read it. So there's a little there's a little pink elephant, pink elephant for, for five and you. six. Um, if you're not completely 
confused. I know this one was a little bit more serious oriented, so I'll try to do another funny one <laughs> coming up. But it's really interesting, and there is so much to look into, and, and there is so much, I think, to be gained from knowing and understanding the reality and seriousness <laughs> of these things. Like, it isn't just some crazy weird story, you know, or something like that. And I think that's interesting that we largely try to push away all things supernatural, right? Like that's not normal in part of our daily Christianity. But then it's interesting because you look at something like the book of Revelation, for instance, the things to come, it goes back to becoming very supernatural, very crazy in many ways, you know, and, and some of the things are, you know, kind of illusions and illustrations of things to come, but a lot of it is like reality of things to come, and it's very crazy stuff, so I think it's, it's oh, a good thing to understand. It's funny, I just happened to um, just to look at Instagram, and there was a comment from somebody on here on the uh, Spiritual Warfare mm-hmm. episode from yesterday. Anyway, it's saying about um, Enoch. Really? Yeah, it said, I've been told that I should probably stay away from books like Enoch, but I don't feel like I should. That's what it's, um, yeah, hopefully you're listening to this one because, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I don't know that that's bad information for somebody because Enoch isn't for everybody. You know, I don't think that's something that's for every single Christian that, you know, it's not something that's necessary to your salvation by any means. No. And especially um, a new Christian, a Christian and especially a new Christian or... is easily swayed. I that's why I caution it. Uh, if you're a new Christian, you know, just don't go there yet. You'll, I mean, you'll. That's why I said. You know, go maybe to someday that's a reliable source. Yeah, or to learn or from, if you just... decide that this is interesting for you, just just use like a reliable source, like Prophecy Watchers, like you said. They're even though they've got some stuff, they're they're more reliable than than anybody else out there that's going to be talking about this kind of stuff. Because the stuff's for real, and there's evidence. Yeah, for it, it is, and there's everywhere, and there's and there's more information into this, and it it just you know it, it's you you can actually see through this the signs and symbols of these these demons that existed back then that are that are very active in our everyday world today yeah and they're in these symbols and signs and different things are this is where i even put on my tinfoil hat this a little is bit stuff you hear in music this, you see this on is TV. this is the Movies. part where i actually agree with something crazy in this and in, in saying that yeah this is hidden all throughout in all throughout our society everywhere you yep. look all of this can be trained, like traced back all the way back to these, these demons right here. This yep. group of demons right here. Everything. Everything. It's, it'll, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I, cautious of it. I'll post a link of it. Uh, and then just some more information on the book. And then, you know, you just, whatever, you know, I'm not being, uh, you know, dogmatic by any means with Enoch saying that it's, you know, but, uh, I think there's, there's a lot to gain from reading it. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Those are our pink elephants. There today. you go.